You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you discover what's wrong with your business and show you how to fix it. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Today, I'm talking to Scott Jeffrey Miller, who is the author of Marketing Mess to Brand Success. And we're talking about one of my all-time favorite topics, of course, that is marketing. But we're not just going to go through the book and talk about what the book says. I said, what if I'm a business owner? Treat me like a business owner and help me do really practical marketing that is easy that I can do today. What you're going to find as you listen to this podcast are tip after tip after tip after tip. Most of it has to do with marketing, but there's all sorts of other little business strategies that I think are going to help you grow your business, connect with customers, increase revenue, and just create better bonds with the people that you love serving. Scott Jeffrey Miller, thanks for coming on today. Donald Miller, thank you for the platform and the spotlight again. We have sort of changed our podcast where we're basically turning around and coaching everybody who is listening. They all own businesses or run businesses. And let's say I came to you. Let's say I've got a pet store. I just opened up in a small town and I'm looking for some marketing tips. What's the most important thing that I need to do to start getting word out about my pet store? Well, I would take Seth Godin's advice. You know, our friend Seth wrote an amazing book called This Is Marketing. And in this book, I co-opt with his permission the concept of your smallest viable market. And this is that everyone is not your customer. Everyone's not a customer for your pet store, for your book, for your restaurant, for your yoga business. Is You need to decide the smallest viable market. And this requires you to kind of push against the conventional wisdom of the total addressable market. Not everyone is your customer. You've got to pinpoint and identify and message to those people that should be your customer. Not everybody's in the business for snake food or for, you know, dog care or for, you know, ferret wheels, whatever it is. You've got to do the hard work to recognize that there are people in your community that should be your customer. How do I find them? How do like, so let's say, you know, I, I know, you know, dogs, so many people have dogs about uh, three quarter of that number have cats. That's probably what we're dealing with. Uh, you know, so mostly, so if I want to go after some quick cash, how do I find the dog owners and the, and the, and the cat owners and get their email addresses or, or do I need email addresses or do I send brochures or what do I do? I think yes to all of that, right? I mean, there's no magic bullet in marketing, as you know that, right? Marketing is now kind of hand-to-hand combat. It's guerrilla warfare. It's connecting with individual people. I'd be doing lots of things. I'd be going to all the dog dog parks. I would be meeting all of the dog owners. I'd be looking on all your Facebook friends or your LinkedIn friends that are around town that might be promoting pictures of their dogs. I'd be going to the dog kennels, the dog groomers. I'd be going to the veterinary offices where people that own pets I would be connecting with them, building alliances, offering perhaps free grooming services. I would be going to where the dog and the pet owners are and connecting with them one-on-one. A wise man once said something like, most people's messaging is like a cat chasing a rat in a wind chime factory. Now, I might have gotten that a little (laughs) bit wrong, but that was a wise dude. That's about right, yeah. It is true. You need to be very clear on your on meeting your people where they are. And you know, you're saying something that that's really important. We all want to we all want to do sort of broadcast shotgun blanket marketing to strangers. And I love what you're saying one on one, that one person at a time. L- let me ask you this cuz I've got an answer to this question too. What do you say into them? What what's the goal in that one on one conversation? What are you trying to get them to remember or understand? 
Well, first, you're not saying anything. You're listening. Hmm. You're trying to figure out what, what is their circumstance. I think one of the biggest gifts that Clayton Christensen, the famous Harvard business professor, left the world was to deeply understand the circumstance your clients are in. Now, you can't meet 70 people's circumstances that are all different. But pretty soon, if you're listening at the dog park, if you're listening to the veterinary, if you're listening to the people at the grooming, you know, mobile groomers, you're going to understand that there are common circumstances that pet owners are in. And then you need to go out and figure out how you are going to solve or meet that exact circumstance. I think you're listening more than you're talking. But once you've listened and you're connecting, then you're messaging directly to their pain point, to their needs, to their opportunities. You aren't just talking about the things you're passionate about. You are solving, meeting the the problems, the solutions that they're passionate about. It seems like corporate speak, but it is so true. Whether you're serving Chinese food, whether you're writing a book, whether you've got a podcast or a blog or a hair salon, these are principles that you're listening, then you're speaking. That's a very good assignment. I mean, just to walk away from to say, hey, get a, a notebook, go get a moleskin from your local bookstore and a pen and start writing down pain points. Because I really do believe a business is built on two things, pain points and products that solve that pain. That's it. If You, you got to understand the pain points and then you've got to sell products that resolve those pain points. So the more people you talk to, the more general understanding you're going to have of what pain people are in. And then you've got to let them know you have the products that resolve those pain points. I'm also curious uh, because I think a lot of our listeners are in this boat, pet store or not. They're up against the online businesses. I mean, Chewy has taken off. We we order our pet food through. Uh, do you got? Do you have a pet, Scott? We do. I have two of them, two dogs. I'm curious. Is what? What do you think? I mean, you know. Well, here's here's what I would say because I said this to my sister. You know, my my sister owns a flower shop in Houston. Porter Flower Reserve. You're in Houston. Go to my sister and get flowers. You know, she's up against the internet, right? And yet she's seen an increase in business. Yeah. And one of the things that I told her was make buying flowers super, super easy. Subscription services. So basically, my sister has a Porter Flower Reserve is across the street, across the parking lot, shares a parking lot with a massive barbershop. Eight chairs. Only guys getting their hair cut. I said, you need a sign. That says, now that you look good, bring her flowers. I was going the same direction as you were. That's right. And then when they come in and buy flowers, you need to say, look, you get a haircut once a month. For $50 a month, you get the basic flowers for your wife. Get a haircut. Make it a habit. Walk in here. Pick up your flowers. You don't even have to hand us your credit card. We'll just scan your whatever and you go because you pay us $50 a month. Or $75 for the nicer flowers or $150. Or if you have a business, it's $250 a month and you get a giant bouquet once a month so your employees walk in and they see that. Subscription, subscription, subscription. Take the money automatically. If you and I are joint giving marketing advice here, coaching to our, our pet store owner, I know that I need this specific brand of adult, older dog, senior dog food. And I'll pay you a hundred bucks a month or eighty bucks a month. I can't. It's a big old bag. I, we we have two dogs, but you know I'll pay you that, and it's got to show up on my door. I mean, you somehow have to figure out how to compete, but it's automated money now is what I would recommend going after. Do you agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. Listen, I'm in the, I'm in the presence of marketing greatness being on your podcast, right? So this is intimidating, but we know that you're not going to compete on price with the internet. 
No, but I don't, you know, I think more, I think fewer people care about the price than they do about convenience. I, I, I in service. So in you service, can't compete yes. on price. And increasingly, it's hard to compete on service. Zappos, Amazon, because you can send everything back for free, no questions asked, right? So service is increasing on the internet. You've got to compete in every possible way. It may not be price. It might be customized conversation. It might be rapport. It might be trustworthiness. It might be a variety of different services. It might be mobility. And, and let's add this, Scott. I mean, there, there are people who, you know, you can go down to Chick-fil-A. I got dinner for two the other day, plus a milkshake for my, my father-in-law for 25 bucks, right? There are plenty of people, and I confess I've done it, who will pay $50 to have that delivered to the house. So let's just, let's not think that price is everything. Because I hear my customers go, well, I can't compete with on price. People are paying twice as much for convenience. So what you you might need to do is go get uh, some college kid that you can pay 15 bucks an hour that every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday, they're in their their beat-up pickup truck, and they're delivering stuff all over your neighborhood. You just have to build that subscription service to one or 200 people who are getting that your product every month and try to get a baseline amount of money. I call it manna from heaven, where you wake up and you've got some subscription money coming in the door that helps with your overhead. Donald, it's very true. And of course, not every business has a subscription model. Here's a good example. Saturday, my wife and I are looking for a dining room table. The one we ordered through our designer wasn't made and it's you know caught in the whole COVID supply chain. We go to three design stores in town. The first store we walk in, there's three associates behind the counter. They never even look up and acknowledge us in the design store. The third store we go to, not only does the sales associate meet us, ask us all the questions about what we're looking for, the owner comes over and is on his phone looking up inventory we walk out buying a six and a half thousand dollar design or um, dining room table. Yeah, because because the, they cared, they were in the moment, they were present, they were asking us questions about what we needed. They were researching for us things that weren't in the store. And you know, the markup on furniture isn't high, but you know they made two thousand dollars because they got up out of their chair. Good old fashioned connection, relationships, ingenuity, hard work, elbow grease. These are the things that are going to make your business thrive because good news travels fast, bad news travels faster. You know, th this reminds me, that is 100% true. And this reminds me of, we had Ryan Dice on. And Ryan said, look, you know, when people go spend some money with you, when they're, when they're handing you $6,500 for a dining room table, that is actually the chance to find out what they're trying to do. And what you'll often find out is they're actually re just did a remodel of their house or they finished their guest house or they bought a second house. And they're actually buying furniture for the whole thing. So when somebody hands you $6,500, it's a great chance for them to hand you $65,000. Now, he, he uses this example. He said, when I bought a Peloton bike, I wasn't just buying a bike. I was doing my home gym. So I was actually going to spend about $15,000. That's the exact time to say, what are you doing for your weights? What are you doing for your treadmill? What are you doing for this or that, right? Where do you think my wife is today at two o'clock? <laughs> going back to that the same place? source, the same place, dining room rugs, furniture for the loft, outdoor furniture. We'll spend $15,000 in the next 10 days All right. at that store. So let's go back to uh, Acme Pet Supply. Acme Pet Supply, we know, somebody's walked in like a tumbleweed off the street, not on the internet, into our, into our store. They're buying some dog food and they say, what kind of dog food is good for a puppy? What did they just tell you? They just told you they need a bed, they need a collar, they need a leash, they need a chew toy, they need a crate, 
They need a bowl for water and they need pet food. And that, I just bought a puppy kit, and please call it that. I just bought a puppy kit. It's $275. It is ready to go. Everything is in the kennel, and I can take it and I can go put it in your truck. Not only that, but this puppy food for the next eight months, I can have it delivered to your house once a month, and then we can switch to adult puppy food, which I would recommend this. That subscription service is $65 a month delivered. You never have to walk in here again. All you do is call me if you need it to change. And you will walk out, there's a chance that that customer is going to walk out of there writing you a $400 check or credit card or whatever. And take it a step further. You could ask them, has your puppy had all their shots? Can I recommend a good veterinary for you? And, which, is of no, which is of no benefit to you, but it's called service. No benefit to me. That's it. You're just building goodwill. Will, you're building rapport and trust. And they're walking out saying, oh my gosh, I got like four recommendations. This didn't help them at all. They care about me as much as they care about themselves. And that builds a reputation and a brand that is invaluable for word of mouth. And you know, also just a little letter that, that you don't talk about it then, but a letter that just says, hey, uh, thanks for coming into the store. We know you just bought a puppy. We hope the puppy is super healthy. Um, these are the best dog parks that we found in town to take a dog. These, this is actually three of our favorite vets. If your puppy ever has an emergency, please take this refrigerator magnet, put it on your fridge. It's got a big number that anybody can call. You, you, you know, that sort of stuff can almost be automated where you print off those letters, put the fridge magnet in. You've got 30 of them sitting on your desk. You go back, you write their address down, you send it in, and it's called surprise and delight. That, that's guerrilla marketing at its best. Just pleasing people in such a way they can't believe that you are so thoughtful. And don't think, especially with something like a pet store, don't think that the world is so big that that's not going to matter. Over the, If you do that stuff for a year, people are going to start talking about you and you're going to become their preferred vendor. Now, they will go somewhere else if it is easier to buy somewhere else, if, if you make it easier. But you made it so easy for them to get everything they need for their puppy instead of just the dog food. You made it so easy for them to get their vet stuff, their, their, to find the dog parks. There's a relationship there. And you can also give a fridge magnet with your phone number that says, when you need more dog food, let me bring it to you. Or keep moving out. What is your dog's birthday? What is your adoption <laughs> anniversary? You can make up all kinds of things that yeah. might hit someone in their circumstance and say, come back here. We've got a first puppy dog birthday kit you can buy, right? I mean, or stocking stuffers. I mean, I spend 50 bucks a year on on, on, on stuff for my boys to put in the dog stockings. And if you just kind of use your ingenuity, use your creativity, your resourcefulness, you will build a brand and a connection that is beyond just traditional marketing. I think when we hear marketing, we think about just Instagram and Google ads and things like that. You know, I was at a tennis store a few weeks ago and I spent 400 bucks on tennis rackets for my boys. I went to the counter and the owner was there, a lady that was fairly seasoned, we'll call her, in age. And I thanked her. Like I said, thank you. You know what her response to me was? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait, I thanked you for spending my $400 here. And your response was, uh-huh. You should have been saying, thank you for coming in today. We're honored to have your business. We appreciate you coming in. Are there any other sports you're playing? Well, not only that, you know, we email out one great tennis tip every uh, every right. week, right. and then every other week we email out the best shot of the week that we saw right. on the ATP. Right? Or are you in a tennis league? Or do you need any T-shirts or any nothing? Yeah, nothing. Get uh -huh. to know. Them. Get to uh -huh. know. Them.
Yeah, well, I mean, those are the kind of stores that don't stay open very long. All right, you've got 30 challenges. It's interesting you say challenges rather than tips. 30 challenges to transform your organization's brand or your own brand. Challenges, I love that because you're actually challenging people to do something. Can you share a few of those that would apply to Acme Pet Store? I will. So, you know, the first book I wrote in this series was Management Mess to Leadership Success, 30 Challenges to Become the Leader You Would Follow. This is basically challenges that I faced in my 10 years as the chief marketing officer of a global brand. Many of them are aggregated thoughts, things I learned from Seth Godin, from you, from Nancy Duarte. Uh, You know, here's number one. It's the customer stupid. Challenge number one is to remind you, I don't care how small or how big your pet store is. You're going to be focused on your employee issues. You're going to be focused on supply chain, on your rent, on your own cost. You've got to remember it's all about the customer. As soon as you start focusing on your needs, your profitability, your issues, you're going to lose track of your customer. Stop speaking in your language. Speak in their language. Heck, just stop speaking for a bit and just listen to what your customers need. And then to quote Donald Miller, your messaging will be much more clear and meet them where they are. You know, here's a couple of other ones. Bruise hard and heal fast. Number seven. Ooh, what does that mean? What do you mean? That sounds good. Yeah. Bruise hard and heal fast. You're going to try stuff that won't work. Get over it. Check your ego and be humble. Be agile. Be nimble. You know, if one idea doesn't work, don't lament over it. Learn from it and deploy a new idea. It's the agile thinker post-pandemic that's going to reinvent themselves over and over again. In fact, you might have to reinvent your subscription service. Very little is business now set it and, you know, and, and stick to it. When you take feedback from a customer and they criticize your selection, your price, your merchandising, your locations, don't take it personally. Thank them for the feedback, digest it, and move on. Number 15, friend your competition. Your competition is not your, inner, your enemy. They're building interest in the market. They're, they're having people talk about it. Go out and look at your competition. Tell them you're in business. Now, ideally, you're not you know, two blocks away from each, another pet store, but I don't think you should ever villainize your competitor. Do not trash talk your competition. Talk about what maybe what they do well and what you do well. You know, have an abundance mentality. This idea of a scarcity mentality and trash talking, there's enough pet owners, trust me, to make you a millionaire in your pet store. You got to go find your people. You got to go find your vibe and connect to your people. Maybe it's you have a grooming shop on the side. Maybe you're next door to the proverbial barber shop. Maybe you're next door to the, the veterinary or to the overnight kennel, right? Think carefully about what could be a complementary competition to build your business. I love what you're saying about abundance mentality because I remember as a business owner, I remember where I was when I converted from scarcity mindset to abundance mindset. I remember I was in the backyard of the house next door to us because we were thinking about buying that house as a, a rental property, and we ended up doing that. But I remember thinking... Wait, you, you, you're worried about this because you're afraid there's not going to be any more money coming in. And money is is easy. Just go add value to people, and many people will pay for it. Just keep doing it. Get hooked on it. And uh, and you're absolutely right. That that mentality is there. And it's hard. Sometimes it's hard, right? Because you're you know you're on your last month's worth of cash flow. The customers aren't coming in, and you're scared to death. 
But there's there is value to give them somewhere. You just have to go find it, and it, and it goes right back to, again to the very first thing you said. Listen, listen, listen. They will tell you where they're hurting, and then you can go find a product. If you can connect your product to their pain, you'll be in business forever. Scott Miller, what a great conversation! I think you just made a lot of people a lot of money. The book again is Marketing Mess to Brand Success: Thirty Challenges to Transform Your Organization's Brand or Your Own Brand marketing mess to brand success. Thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you, Donald. Well, if you didn't get something out of that, you got to go back and listen again because there was so much there to help increase your revenue and connect with customers. In fact, I want to focus on four takeaways for today's plan of action. At the end of every episode, you get a plan of action, a list of steps from my conversation you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. The first is create customer personas. Now, we didn't say it that way in the actual interview. We talked about the smallest viable market, but you want to know who your customers are actually are. And I recommend that you create personas based on the problems that they have. For instance, uh, you might create a customer persona that says, I've got a new cat, a kitten, right? A customer persona that says, I've got an old cat. A customer persona says, I've got a new dog, a puppy. I've got an old dog. I've got a rescue dog. And what you want to do is just sort of take a piece of paper and say, what is everything that somebody has a new kitten need? What is everything that somebody has a new puppy need? And if you can in your CRM and your database, you don't have to do this, but if you have a CRM, you actually want to divide those demographics up because you may one day just find out that you can buy a, a, an inventory of uh, of cat toys specifically for kittens for pennies on the dollar from a pet store in Topeka, Kansas that's going out of business. And now you've got 7,000 kitten toys and you can email people who have kittens and you can say, I've got these toys. It's free when you buy a year's uh, subscription to cat food or kitten food or whatever. You can really get creative, but only if you have personas. There are demographics of people who are walking into your shop or going to your website or coming to your seminar. They, they all have a certain uh, mindset and they're dealing with certain problems. If you divide them up into personas, you're going to be much better and much more efficient at reaching them. I, I know that takes a little bit of work. You kind of just think that there's people in your audience, but there are types of people in your audience. So the smallest viable market is wisdom from Scott. Second, Listen to what your customers want instead of telling them. This is a big paradigm shift for a lot of us because we've got this great product and we're trying to go out and convince people they have the problem that we need to fix. That is a very good thing to do. Don't stop doing that. But you will gain incredible wisdom and insight if you can actually listen to your customers and find out what their problems are, what they're looking for. You can do that, by the way, with automated surveys. Just email them after they make a purchase. What did you like? What did you not like? What's what's keeping you up at night? Uh, what are you worried about? Uh, how did our, our product help you solve your problem? What other problems in this area do you have? You will gain invaluable insight. I mean stuff that would cost you a million dollars to have a research firm do, and you can get that insight every day. Start listening to your customers. Find ways to listen to them. You know, even if you have a pet store, to be able to say, uh, I noticed you bought some food for a kitten. Uh, where'd you get your kitten? What are the things that you worry about about your cat? And they're going to say, they're, you know, it's things like, I don't know what shots that she needs. You know, I don't know what shots my kitten needs. Well, then what you're going to do is you're going to create a, a piece of paper that actually has all the shots they need and to schedule those shots and say, look, I can email you if you like and tell you when your when your kitten needs these shots and 
you're off to the races. You're, you're serving your customer in a really, really great way. All right. Another thing that I recommend, I've recommended for a very long time, this is number three in your plan of action, that is create subscription services. Can they subscribe to cat food every month? You know, we get dog food every month that shows up on our door from Chewy.com. And I, I don't go to the pet store. I, I hate that. I, I wish I could support my local pet store more, but it's just too easy. And what my pet store needs to do is say, Don, we can ship you this or we can, you know, have some college student deliver it to you once a month if you're on our preferred customer list. I actually think I would pay close to twice as much to have my local pet store do that. I really do because I want to support local. But the ease of convenience is just too much, too much to get over. And it's ease of use is going to take over the world and it's going to disrupt your business if we can't figure out how to do that. So subscription services are great ways to do that. Also, package deals. If somebody comes in to buy uh, food for a kitten, they probably need the whole, I got a new kitten package. I wonder about you. I'm starting a business or I'm closing down a business or I'm selling a business. You know, Those are all package deals for financial services. The I'd like to retire early package could be something for a financial advisor. You know, let's go back all the way to the beginning to to number one in our plan of action, those personas. Those personas probably need packages of products, right? So the fourth thing in our plan of action is create packages of products. You do these four things and your business is going to grow. Hopefully these four items in our plan of action today are going to help you grow your business. Even if you just take action on one of them, you're going to see your business start to grow. Thank you so much to Scott Jeffrey Miller. His book is called Marketing Mess to Brand Success. You can get it on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Listen, if you need help assessing what's wrong with your business or your leadership or whatever you're trying to build, you can actually hire a Business Made Simple certified coach. Just go to hireacoach.com. We actually certified the best business coaches in the world, and they can each help you figure out exactly what's wrong, what's going wrong with your business, and then they can give you the tools that you need to fix it. Just go to hireacoach.com today. Listen, that's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where every week we help you discover what's wrong with your business, and then we show you how to fix it. I'll see you again next week.